Welcome to the A1 Content Podcast. This is John, and today we're going to talk about an important update from Google regarding SEO links. Let's go. Thanks again for coming back for a real quick episode on uh, the A1 Content Podcast. Before I get started, I just want to say thank you for joining. Today is going to be just a real quick update that Google had sent out this week regarding the best practice to uh, for SEO links in your content. This is relevant to small businesses, large businesses, it doesn't even matter. Um, if you have a website and you're linking, whether internally or externally, this is an update that you definitely want to pay attention to. So with that being said, let's get started. If you're in the world of SEO or just want to learn about content marketing, adding even just pages to your website, you probably did a little bit of research for SEO and uh, how you can rank that content on Google search. A lot of those, that ranking factors, um, they do get updated a couple of times a year. In fact, sometimes Google makes a lot of updates. The, the big updates we usually talk about on the podcast, the core updates, are things like the helpful content update, spam updates, those kinds of things, how they handle product reviews. Those were all released last year. Um, if I look at the list here, we have two, four, six, eight, we have 10 updates from Google um, regarding ranking um, on Google search. Those are just updates for that part of the algorithm. So this one that we're talking about today has to do with the fact that Google's just published a brand new um, and actually a little bit easier to read document on the best practices for creating links that also help with your SEO. So the previous document kind of gave you a little bit of a rundown about um, you know, how you can make your links crawlable by adding ahref tags to them and then gave you a couple ways that would show why the Google crawler will not crawl that link. So it was kind of like a do this, don't do that kind of thing. And a lot of the things are pretty self-explanatory. If you've ever built content on a website or linked anywhere on the website manually, uh, you know exactly what doesn't work because when you try to link it, you can tell that it's not a hyperlink and it's not going anywhere. So you fumble around with it a little bit to try to figure out how to get it to work. So you may have already played with that trial and error, but Google gives you an idea, um, you know, what's recommended by the search algorithm, especially. So not only does it help your site get crawled, but it's going to help your site rank as well. So let's just get started on that new document. Um, it was just posted on Twitter recently by Search Engine Roundtable. The old document was titled, Make Your Links Crawlable, and the new one is titled, Link Best Practices for Google. So basically, it describes it as like this. Google uses links as a signal when determining the relevancy of pages and to find new pages to crawl. Learn how to make your links crawlable so that Google can find other pages on your site via the links on your page, and how to improve your anchor text so that it's easier for people and Google to make sense of the content. So what that means is they're talking about internal links and external links. So how do I get the crawler from homepage to pages deeper in my site? I have links either in my navigation or throughout the content. Maybe there's a button and those types of things will help the crawler get through your website. How does it help improve how Google sees your content? That's the anchor text. So a lot of times, you know, Back in the day, you probably just saw www.ebay.com, and that was the actual what you were clicking on, whereas today uh, eBay might change that anchor text to just say eBay.inc or eBay.com. 
they actually use words versus just the actual URL. And that's kind of like replacing the fact that we know that's a link, so we should click it to go there. It's more about being you know, kind of an accessibility thing where if they're named properly, at least before I click on that link, I'm aware of where I'm going. Oh, that's eBay. Okay, I'll click there and go, for example. Now, how that applies to a small business website, for example, it might be very simple on the home page. You're going to have a bunch of information, uh, hopefully not too jumbled up. You want to keep the flow kind of nice for the user experience. But within there, you may have some links maybe to contact us. That goes off to your contact form. You may have a link to call us, and that actually will open up the telephone um, app on mobile devices. And you may even just have a link to the services you provide so the anchor text might say the sentence with the anchor text might say please visit our services page to learn more about what we can do and the word services page is actually linked to the services page so services page is the anchor text and that explains to the people okay I'm on this page I need to go to the services page that's where I can click to get to that page it's very simple when you're looking at it through the lens of, of um, user experience and the fact that Google now would rather you be building your website and your content for more accessible, um, more accessibility. That is a, a better way to do it than just having, you know, www.plumbingcompany.com forward slash services underscore page dot HTML, for example. Um, people with screen readers wouldn't be able to really see that very well. And you have to keep that in mind now that Google is making that a major search ranking signal um, when, in terms of accessibility. So. Going back to what Google has on the document, basically under the heading, make your links crawlable. Generally, Google can only crawl your link if it's an, wrapped in an A HTML element, also known as an anchor element with an href attribute. So most links in other formats won't be parsed at all. They'll be extracted by uh, Google's crawlers. Google's can't reliably extract URLs from A elements that don't have an href attribute or other tags that perform as links because of script events. So then it gives you kind of like a recommendation and then what you know what to do, what not to do. Do this, don't do that kind of thing right on the document. So there's a couple of different things, recommendations, and allowing Google to parse your links. And then, of course, a couple options that don't work. Very similar to what it was before in the document, but it's a little bit easier to read, especially for the person that's new in creating SEO content um, and links internally and externally for their content. So, so basically, if I were to work on your website, say your small business website, and I was building out content navigation, I would keep all of these things in mind. And another thing I like to do is I like to match up the anchor text in the navigation with anchor text that's also in the content in some cases. But in other cases, uh, a couple of percent, two to three percent of the time, I might change that anchor text just a little bit, but it means the same thing. It's pointing to the same page just to give SEO a little bit of a boost and another reason or another keyword to throw into the content, um, you know, for for Google's algorithm to, to kind of pile up on that algorithm and and help with the search ranking overall. So basically, Google's saying just make sure your URL is in an a, a element, and it resolves to an actual web address. You know, don't. There's a lot of ways that you can use an href tag to uh, include JavaScript and you know go to a specific page based on the script. Well, Google's not going to be able to figure that out. And it, since it doesn't resolve into an actual web address, Google's not even going to bother looking at it. So that's like one major no-no that's outlined in the document. And I, I know that used to be a thing um, back in the day when JavaScript was popular for creating websites quickly. But 
that's not really necessary anymore. It might even be, you know, more of a uh, practice for e-commerce websites. Uh, thankfully, that has changed over the last five to ten years. So, but it is nice that Google is outlining it for you, so you are aware of what is good and what is not. So, um, moving on, anchor text placement in the document it basically says the anchor text, also known as the link text, is a visible part of the text link. Like we just talked about, the text link tells people and Google, most important there, people and Google. Something about the page you're linking to. Place anchor text between the elements so Google can crawl it. So the good is obviously we got to link off to um, uh, plumbing repair. And that's going to go to our plumbing repair page. And the anchor text is going to be plumbing repairs. So very simple. Uh, Google does give you some good and bad options for that. Um, there's a couple on there that kind of make me, make me cringe a little bit. Because they you know, were from back in the day when you know keyword stuffing was a thing. And title attributes were you know, abused by search engine um, optimizers, so to speak. So uh, on the document, I'll link it in the podcast description. You can run over there and just kind of take a look at the good and the bad. But I am just wanted to outline it real quick because it is an update from Google and you kind of want to pay attention to it. So um, writing good anchor text is descriptive. It's usually concise, relevant to the page that it's on and the page it links to. So we don't want to, you know, create this. We don't want to be like link baiting. Or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, clickbaiting through our links here. Click to learn more, click here, read here, uh, just website or go here. That kind of thing is not very, um, it's frowned upon. It's not terrible in some cases, but you don't want to do it with all of your links. The, the more descriptive option would be if you're going to list a, have a, a page with a list of your services for your plumbing company, uh, linking to that page might actually be list of plumbing services. I mean, that way people can actually see uh, where the heck they're going before they even click on it. And of course, we don't want to get too long about it because back in the day there used to be websites that would link full paragraphs. Um, you know, just be in a complete paragraph and then you're just clicking on it and you don't even really know where you're going. Most of the time you're not going where you think you're going. Um, so that's just something else to keep in mind when you're building out the anchor text, the descriptive text. I like to keep it less than three words if possible, a fourth if absolutely necessary. And again, throughout the whole page and the website, you kind of mix this up a little bit. Two words, three words, four words, more descriptive, more concise, sometimes straight to the point, that kind of thing. So you, it's a mix of all the things, but Google's giving you some good, better, best kind of options here. It's really nice and visual on the document. Another thing that they talk about is, you know, keyword stuffing. We don't want to be doing that. We've talked about that in a few other podcast episodes. That is a practice that is long dead based on Google's algorithm. Thank God. There's still the websites. We'll find them out there that do this. So, um, but that doesn't mean it's a good practice. So don't just copy anyone else that's out there because you believe that they're ranking well on Google. Just follow the best practices and get your SEO tight. And that is going to be the best for your ranking. Moving on from internal links, uh, basically cross-referencing your own content. We know what that is. Um, there's really no magic ideal number of links that you can have in a page, but they do, they just need to be relevant and there's got to be context behind them. So talking about external links to other sites, linking to other sites, isn't something to be scared of. In fact, using external links can help establish trustworthiness. For example, citing your sources link out to external sites when it makes sense and provide context to your readers about what they expect that's straight from the document. And then it goes on to give a real quick example on how to link out to a specific source within that tag and it, it is five to six words but you're telling the person where you're sending them to this document based on this resource 
There you'd want to use a nofollow only when you don't trust the source and not for every external link on your site. For example, you're a cheese enthusiast and someone published a story badmouthing your favorite cheese so you want to write an article in response. However, you don't want to give that site any credit from your reputation. So there you would use a nofollow link. So the nofollow attribute, follow attribute, that's a whole other thing. That's another document. We can talk about that in another episode, of course. Um, but there are ways that you can either pass on your link reputation, site reputation, Google rank reputation to other sites in that way. And of course, when their sites are relevant and good for your content, you also want to follow them, have the crawler follow to their site. When they're not so good of um, a match for your content, using the nofollow attributes, the easiest way to tell Google I don't mind linking over here, but I prefer you not to follow that link to that site. Very simple. So, so Google's helping us out. They're giving us a visualization of what's good, what's bad. That's the best part about Google. The best practices are laid out for you right in front of you on a document that you can read at any time. And for this document, Google added basically anchor text placements, how to do it, how to write good anchor text, internal links within your content, and external links from other sites. All those things were just thrown in the document. I'll throw a link in the podcast description below so you can kind of take a look at it yourself and just determine where your content links are at and how you need to get them kind of up to par for the Google search ranking. So that's going to be it for this quick episode. I just want to really throw out that update because it just came out this week. It is important for SEO creators and websites that are trying to get their SEO ranking better. And I hope you found it useful. So in the meantime, I'm going to work on the next episode and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you found the information useful for your small business marketing strategy. Please consider subscribing to get new content as I publish it, usually about once, maybe twice per week. Um, I'd also love to continue this conversation over on Twitter where you can find me at, at A1 Content. Otherwise, you can visit my website for more actionable digital marketing methods for your small business, especially in your local area. You don't need to leave a review, even though that's awesome. However, I would ask that if you know a small business owner and feel they might benefit from what I shared with you today, share the podcast with them. Word of mouth advertising is the greatest way to spread the love with all the podcasts out there today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.